0: My name is brian and i'm the lead pastor at grand valley church we hope that this message helps you explore faith and connect with jesus so we are continuing our series called how to be a jesus follower in 2020 and we're doing this series because there's a simple truth that our faith is centered on who jesus is and so how do we follow jesus in a year that's unlike any year we've ever lived in before and so a couple weeks ago we started this series with a message by pastor andy sandley and he had this quote in his message that we've been kind of building on and leading from where it says jesus never invited anyone to become a christian he invited us to follow him and andy said that to help us see the difference sometimes between what does it mean to agree to a set of beliefs as a christian but how it's so much more to choose to follow Jesus with our lives. And so we've been diving into some different aspects of that, and we're going to continue today on this because this is about something that we really believe in deeply as a church, that we want to invite people into a growing relationship with Jesus. That's something that's at the core of who we are as Grand Valley Church, and so we're going to dive into that. But I want to begin with a question, and I want to begin by saying this. Why did Jesus invite people to follow him? Why is it that Jesus called people to follow him in his ministry? And even now, why do we talk about following him? And to answer that, I want to begin by going to one of the Gospels, the Gospel of Matthew that was written by one of Jesus' disciples, one of the guys who followed him directly. And Matthew tells this story about early on in Jesus' ministry found in Matthew 4, where it says, One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come and follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once, and they followed him. Now we look at this, and we think, this must be strange to just give away your job, give up what you're doing, and follow someone that you've just met. But Jesus was already teaching. In fact, Jesus was a rabbi, a teacher of the Jewish law. And it was very normal for rabbis to call people and say, Come follow me. Be my disciple. I'm going to teach you how to do what I do. Now, what's unusual about this one specifically is that Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother, they were older than the age that someone would normally be when a rabbi called them. Jesus called them and said, follow me. And he gives them this hint of what's going to come. He says, and I will show you how to fish for people. See, Jesus is telling them that they're going to do something more with their lives because they follow him. And in fact, what Jesus came to do is that Jesus created a movement that would share his way of life and his hope with everyone. In fact, the movement that Jesus began, we call the church today, which we've talked about before is a word that doesn't mean a building or a service. It means people who are gathered for a purpose. And this movement that Jesus began still exists today, is still active today. And whether or not the disciples had any idea that that's what they were going to be part of, that that's what they were going to be part of beginning, they chose to follow Jesus. And Jesus didn't have just his group of 12. He had a larger group of 72. And then there was even a larger group. Sometimes the crowds numbered in the thousands of people who were following him during the three years of his ministry that were learning about what Jesus came to do. How Jesus was taking everything that God had done from the beginning of time and how he was reshaping and reforming that and teaching about this way of life and hope. Now the message that Jesus came to share with the world is a specific kind of message. In fact, we call it a message of reconciliation. And this word reconciliation means to restore what is broken, to heal what is hurt, to take relationships that have fallen apart and are separate and to pull them back together again. And we know, and Jesus knew this more than anyone else, that our world, our civilization is broken. Our world is in desperate need of reconciliation, of things that draw us together. And that's exactly what Jesus came to do. And in fact, someone who wrote a lot of the New Testament was a guy named Paul. But Paul wasn't always a follower of Jesus. In fact, his life began as Saul and his role and his purpose was as a Pharisee to persecute and arrest Christians, to arrest people who were following Jesus and to get them to turn away from Jesus. But then one day as Saul was traveling to a city called Damascus to go and arrest more Christians, Jesus, after his death and resurrection, Jesus came and appeared to Saul and told him that his life was going to turn around, that it was time for Saul to do something different. And so Saul changed his name to Paul to mark just how different the old him was and the new person is now with Jesus. And so later on, Paul would go and he would plant churches and he would teach and he would write letters. And we have a lot of those letters that form up a large portion of our New Testament today. And in one of those letters, written to a group of of believers in Corinth, Paul had this to say. And here's how he described Jesus's uh, mission. He said, for God was in Christ. Using Christ is a term that means savior. He's talking about for God was in Jesus reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Now, I don't know about you, but that seems like a really big deal that we get to be Christ's ambassadors. We get to represent him, that we are making an appeal about who God is, and we get to speak on behalf of God. Now, that is a big responsibility. But the message is so important. The message is so critical where he says, come back to God, this ministry of reconciliation. And in fact, there's a term for this that maybe you've heard of before. There's a term for this called gospel. And gospel is just simply means good news. In fact, it is good news that God is reconciling everything back to himself through Jesus. And this good news is for everyone. That's why Jesus came. That's why the movement that he began, we talk about the gospel of Jesus. We talk about the good news. Even even the the four accounts of Jesus' life are called the gospel of Matthew because it's the good news as told by Matthew, to help us come to Jesus, to help us understand this ministry of reconciliation. And this good news is for everyone. It doesn't matter who you are, what your background is, where you were born, what you do, what you've done in the past. The good news that God is reconciling everything back to Himself, that He is calling us back to see Him and to live in a relationship with Him, that is for everyone. And there's something that this gives us as followers of Jesus. When we accept the good news that God is reconciling everything back to himself, we can have hope in every circumstance. Paul himself went from this life as a respected member of the Pharisees who was doing this job of persecuting Christians. He instead was whipped and beaten and arrested and shipwrecked. And he went through all these difficult circumstances, but he had hope in who Jesus is and what he was doing to be part of God's mission and God's ministry because of this gospel, because of this good news, because of this desire for everyone to be reconciled. And one of the things that sometimes comes up when we talk about the good news, about putting our faith in Jesus, is I've had conversations with people where they've brought up this as a counterpoint. They've they've said, well, you believe in Jesus. You believe in God. But that's just what works for you. And oftentimes, this way of phrasing things is a way of kind of saying, well, no, that's just your thing, and I'm going to have my thing. It's, and they're not the same. You know, your thing isn't going to work for me. It's just for you. But that's not the way that God sees it. In fact, we believe as followers of Jesus that every single person has been created in God's image. In fact, every single person is loved deeply by God no matter who they are, where they've been, what they've done, every person is created in God's image. And God desires for every person to be in a relationship with him. And in fact, Paul, later on in his life, one of these letters that he wrote was a personal letter to his protege, to a guy named Timothy, who had this responsibility of following in Paul's footsteps. And in the first letter that Paul wrote to Timothy that we have in our New Testament, He says this in 1 Timothy 2, verse 1. He says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Paul is encouraging Timothy to pray for everyone. And I think that's an encouragement that we should take for ourselves too. Are we praying for the people around us? Are we praying for everyone? Are we praying for our world to be healed, to find restoration, to find reconciliation? Are we praying for these things? Are we praying in a way that intercedes, meaning we go to God on their behalf praying for other people? Are we giving thanks? And then Paul goes on. He says, pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. Now, Paul writes this because at the time, being a follower of Jesus was a dangerous thing. In fact, depending on the local authorities of where you lived, Believing that Jesus is Lord, putting your trust in Him, you could get kicked out of your home, you could get kicked out of the city, your business could be taken from you, your livelihood could be taken from you, and even followers of Jesus were being put to death because the authorities were scared of followers of Jesus because they believed that Jesus was Lord in an era where everyone was compelled to believe that Caesar, the Emperor of Rome, was the Lord and Savior. But that's not true. He was just a man but jesus is so much more than just a man and so paul is encouraging timothy pray for kings and those in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity and then he goes on and this is the part i want us to focus on he says this is good and pleases god our savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth paul is reminding timothy that when you pray for people pray that they would come to know god's love pray that they would come to know god's reconciliation as followers of jesus today do we desire for everyone to be able to know god's love for them to understand the truth of the hope that god has for them so how do we do that how do we do that as followers of jesus in 2020 what's our part And to to borrow a term from Paul, how can we be ambassadors for Jesus and reconcile people to God? And I want to go to a quote, and maybe you've heard me say this one before. But D.L. Moody, who lived in the later 1800s, he had this to say. He said, out of 100 people, one will read the Bible, and the other 99 will read the Christian. And to me, this quote just speaks to how we live our lives matters. In fact, people will make their decisions about who Jesus is and whether or not God actually loves them, often based on our actions. And so this might feel like a ton of responsibility to say we are ambassadors, we are called to speak on behalf of God at times, and that other people are reading us to see the truth of who Jesus is. That can feel like an overwhelming weight. And you know, that's something that Peter Talked about. Remember the, the first guy, the fisherman, that Jesus said, Come and follow me? Well, Peter wrote a letter to a group of churches, and he had this little bit in it that I want us to, to focus on. He says, And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it, but do this in a gentle and respectful way. See, Peter is saying that we ought to be able to explain our hope as a believer, our hope as a follower in Jesus. We should be able to explain it. Now, the truth is, our world often isn't asking the questions. And in fact, if we have questions that we want to ask and maybe we don't want to ask them of someone, we ask Google or we ask Siri or we ask Alexa. You know, we ask technology so that we can question on our own without interacting with someone. But we can learn a lot online, but we can learn a lot more in conversations because a conversation is dynamic. Even this video is kind of one way, and and I wish there was a way for it to be more interactive, but it is still kind of more one way. But here's what I want to dive into. When we look at this, well, how do we do that? If someone asks me, you know, how do you have hope in 2020? How do you have hope in this time period? How do we explain that? And, and sometimes we want to boil it down into a formula. We want to boil it down into a couple steps of we can say, well, I believe Jesus. I believe God loves us. I believe God's going to win. And that's all true. But when we reduce it down to a formula, we miss something. Because faith and reconciliation and the depth and the power of God's love cannot be reduced into a formula. And so I want to encourage us to do something if we want to understand how do we share our faith, why don't we start with something on our own? And maybe this is some questions to journal and to think and to pray through, but maybe try asking yourself these questions. Why do I have hope? How have I experienced God's love? How has Jesus been with me in difficult circumstances? Because when someone is asking questions about faith, usually they're asking about the experience. Often they're not asking about theology or intricacies of how do we study the Bible. And we did a series on how do we read the Bible well, and you can find that in our YouTube archive if you want to watch those. But often with times when people are asking questions, it's because they want to know what's your experience with this. And so if we can answer those questions for ourselves, we can share our experiences with Jesus, with our friends, with our neighbors, with our family, with our coworkers. We can share our hope with anyone who is looking for hope. That's what it means to be an ambassador. That's what it means to speak on behalf of God. It just means to share our hope with people who are looking for hope. And so, inviting someone to follow Jesus is as simple as sharing the hope we have and how we follow Jesus. That's all it takes. But we might be wondering well, what if I have questions. What if there's questions about faith that I don't know how to answer or or questions about the Bible and one of the easiest things to do is to say, well, if you don't know the answer, say I don't know, but we can figure those out together. In fact, that's what it is so important about being a follower of Jesus and next week we're going to dive into this, how do we do this together? How do we grow in our faith? How do we answer questions we have? How do we dive into things together? We can do that as a community. Now, if you have questions and you want to start a conversation, I would love to do that. And so I want to encourage you, if you want to have that conversation, you feel free to put that question in the comments of the video, and I'll respond to every comment on this video. Or maybe you have questions that you're like, well, I'd rather ask this privately. You know, send us a direct message on social media, on Facebook or Instagram. You can send an email to hello at mygrandvalley.ca, or you can head to our website. There's a contact us form, or even easier, right on this video description, there is a link to our online Connect card. And I will read every single one of those and I will engage with your question and we can have a conversation about faith together. And we can talk about how we find hope and how we find reconciliation even in a time like this or whatever question that's on your heart and on your mind that you want to dive into, we can do that. But I want to end with this final thought. Even as followers of Jesus, Sometimes we'll get it right, and sometimes we'll get it wrong. But when we make mistakes, this is what we can remember. Our God is a God of love, hope, and reconciliation. And aren't those three things that all of us kind of want right now? To find love, to find hope, to find reconciliation, to be able to understand what's going on, and how can we find our footing in this time? Because I believe that right now is one of the most amazing times where we can choose to be a follower of Jesus. And so if that's something where you're thinking, maybe I want to put my trust there. Or maybe I have questions and I just want to learn more. I want to encourage you to do that. Ask questions. Maybe if you're at that point of saying you want to put your trust in Jesus, you can pray with me right along with this video in a moment. But we can choose to trust in Jesus. And we can choose to see him as where we find our security and our identity, our foundation, and our strength. And so maybe if, if that's a, a place where you are, maybe you want to pray this with me just right where you are along with the video. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you stepped into the world, that you came and put on flesh and you came into the world. And then you sent us the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us into truth. And God, we want to put our trust in you. Help us to see your love and your faithfulness and the way that you desire to reconcile us to you. Help us in this journey as we put our trust and we choose to follow you. In your name we pray, amen. So folks, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for joining our online service. Next week, we're going to bring this series to a close. And we're going to talk about how do we grow in our faith together? How do we answer some of these burning questions that may be relying on us and and with us? How do we find that? Because the thing that's so amazing is there is always an invitation to come back to Jesus. So folks, I hope you have a great week and see you online next Sunday. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you know of someone that would benefit from hearing the message you just listened to, would you do us a favor and share this podcast with them? And while you're at it, please consider subscribing to be the first to hear when our podcast is updated. If you want to join in on Sundays, our services are streaming online at 11 a.m. Central. To find out more about our church, go to mygrandvalley.ca. And you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for my Grand Valley. Thanks for listening.